Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golf Shake podcast. So we've had a bit of a break from our last one, but we're trying to get the podcast going again. We're going to bring you lots of new info about uh, products that are coming out, all the latest tournaments, what's gone on in the world of golf. And myself, Ryan Rastel, PGA professional at Howley Hall Golf Club in Leeds. And today we've also got Matt Holbrook, who is a self-confessed golf geek, member at Stone Market Golf Club and five handicap golfer. Are you still five, Matt? Yeah? Uh, yeah, still five. I like that intro as well, by the way. Oh, good. And it has to be said as well, before we get talking, that you've just come back from the dentist. So you're probably struggling a little bit, but... I'm sure we've never we've never had a problem uh, getting you to talk before, Matt. So we should be okay. No, I think I'll battle through. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, a brief run through of what we're going to talk about today. So we've got a little bit of golf kind of talk as to what's happened yesterday. Century Tournament of Champions, kind of the first game of the year, really, um, and some really really good golf being played already. We're also going to run through what's to come this week, as well as some of the things that are hot in the world of golf within the last week and looking ahead to this week as well. We're also going to talk a little bit about travel. um, And when we get to the end of the podcast, have a bit of a chat with Matt about a recent, uh, I suppose, golf vacation that you went on slash media trip, Matt, as well. Yeah. So we'll get into all that as we go. But to start with, Matt, how's your golf at the moment? Uh, I've had a pretty decent start to the year, to be honest. Um, actually, going back from Boxing Day, um, yeah, I've shot under my handicap, albeit by one or two. But yeah, the handicap's come down from like 5.8 to 5.1 in the last three rounds. So for this time of year, I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest. I must admit, as much as I love golf, getting out there and playing golf in the weather that we've experienced in the last month or so does not really fill me with enthusiasm, if I'm brutally honest with you. I, I totally understand, but you know what? I think it, we where I'm like literally so far east. Um, it's we we live in this little mini microclimate down here where, you know, we've we had a cold snap before Christmas. We had a, a tiny bit of rain, but other than that, the courses are dry, um, playing really nicely. Uh, I'm not going to lie; I was supposed to play at the seaside at Felixstowe tomorrow in a like a monthly winter four ball uh, thing that they do. Um, but we've canned that because the rain is just going to be horrendous. And Yeah, uh, tomorrow looks pretty awful, doesn't it, to be honest? Yeah, yeah. So I think they've called that off, or they will call that off at some point tomorrow. Even doesn't? where you are on the English Riviera, it's not going to be good. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's the time of year. Some of you will be absolutely mad keen on playing golf, getting out there in all weathers, and certainly here at the golf club at Howley, some of the weather that I see some of the members go out in, I just literally scratch my head sometimes and wonder whether they... Um, need an appointment with a psychiatrist it's absolutely mental but yeah um, some of you just love golf whatever the weather and and you know all credit to you you know I've got nothing against that you just probably won't find me out on the golf course very much until the weather starts to warm up or we maybe go somewhere a little bit warmer which potentially we're looking at doing towards the end of the month for golf shake to maybe take some of this new equipment out and put it through its paces in some sunshine. Right, first thing on our list then, Matt, let's talk about yesterday's Century Tournament of Champions. So we saw John Rahm um, come through the field, really, and claim his first victory of the year. Um, Colin Morikawa was obviously well-placed all the way through Sunday and, to be honest, looked uncatchable at the start of the round. But Rahm managed to shoot a 10-under last round, which uh, which that'll generally get it done for you, Matt, won't it? 
Uh, I think it will. And I think uh, if I'm rightly so, so I'll, I'll be honest, so I watch as much live golf as I possibly can. But I saw that Morikawa had a six-shot lead last night. I can't remember, maybe seven, eight holes in, and I thought, you know, this is only going one way. Yeah. So the shock that I had this morning, and I've sat this morning and re-watched it at home. Um, oh, did you? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, like, I was working, but watching it in the background, and I still still can't quite get my head around how he managed to throw away a, a six. I think it was seven shots up maybe at one point, but... Um, well, I think I think when well, he was, but I, th- I think from Ram, Ram bogeyed the first. And I think yes. he had something like a nine-shot lead on him after that hole, yeah. which is just ridiculous. But yeah, to to play your next seventeen holes in eleven under and and win by two in the end, uh, and it looked fairly comfortable. It was it was anything but, to be honest. I think Morikawa hadn't made a bogey until those three made in a row on the back nine, which obviously. Uh, with the three nails in his coffin that he needed not not to win the title, but I, th- I think it was more Ram's good play than Morikawa's bad. Really, I, th- I think Morikawa still shot one under par final round, leading the field, and you know more often than not that will probably get the job done. But Ram yeah. was literally on fire. I think I think on a course where you know maybe three, four, five under is probably par. Yeah, um, you know I think. He, he'll be kicking himself at only shooting one under in the in the final round in an event where twenty seven under wins. Um, a one under yeah. par round is not is not going to do. It's not. Gonna no, do you're, you're probably right. I think on on other golf courses it, it's probably good enough, isn't it? But maybe not around there. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a few drivable holes, isn't there? And and they didn't look like there was particularly much wind yesterday either, which kind of played into a lot of their hands and and maybe is good for trying to chase somebody down. Yeah, maybe that's where you want to go. If you're searching for sun at the end of next month, Hawaii looks good. You can bomb. Oh, yeah, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, just around the corner in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's a bit too far, I think, for us to go. Well, we'll have to have a chat with Darren and see what see what he fancies paying for, won't we? But, um, but yeah, I, I think we'll probably be more like Europe. But, yeah, uh, Hawaii would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But yeah, I mean, it was, it was for me, it was just great to see some live golf again um, and see some of those top players um, dusting off their clubs and getting back out again and kind of kicking off their 2023 season. But is there anyone that you kind of watched that you that you thought is one to watch for for this this season, or do you think anyone's going to have a really good year? Or um, I there's there's a couple of guys I like. I like Max Homer. Okay, um, yeah. I, think, I think he's going to have a good year this year. Um, to be honest, it was nice to see Morikawa, you know, competing again because he's not he didn't have by his own standards, right? We I think we we very easy to point fingers at, at golfers that have done well for a period of time and then, you know, might just have a run of events where they don't play that great. And we're very easy to point the finger. But, you know, I think he, you yeah. know, it's nice to see him play quite well. But, yeah, I think John Rahm can have a good year if he, you know, if he's in if he's in that sort of mood, he's, uh, he's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think um, he is. I mean, it, it, to be honest, what stood out for me was how good his putting was. And I think when I've watched him, at times during last season, particularly on shorter ones, he's looked. He's not to say he looks shaky, but he's not looked as confident as I've seen him. And and yesterday, particularly, he was pretty clutch with some of the ones he was knocking in. And um, you know, he gave himself a lot of chances and a few eagle chances and things like that. Which you know that he he just looked like he was. Uh, you know, he he just really hit his stride. To be honest, he is. I mean, it's crazy. Like there are, obviously, there's talk about the the world rankings anyway at the moment. Yeah, um, but it's crazy to think he's only ranked fifth in the world at the minute. He's uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just, I would suggest yeah. that his recent form's been been better than that. 
I, I'm looking forward to Zalatoris, really. I mean, I know he's, he's had a bit of a layoff and um, injuries and things like that, but, he, you know, to, to come back and by own his, his own admission, he said he was very rusty and still to, to shoot four rounds under par and, and play really nicely and finish where he did, I think um, shows that he's got a lot left in the tank. And, you know, he's obviously contended in majors very regularly over the last couple of years, hasn't he? And, you know, I'd be surprised if he doesn't win one fairly soon. Uh, do, do you know, absolutely. His record in majors is, uh, last year in particular, was uh, was was phenomenal, really, when you think about it. Um, <clears throat> everyone's always going to look at his putting, um, you know, because it doesn't look, it doesn't look very stable um, over some of those shorter putts, but... You can't argue that he puts himself in position, and that is all you can ask for. Absolutely. Yeah, no, very, very good player. So that's yesterday. Let's look forward to this week. Um, personally, I love it this time of year when they start getting out to Dubai, Abu Dhabi, places like that, and and playing some of those golf courses that I've been fortunate to get out and, and play myself. I really do enjoy watching watching golf on those golf courses. But what have we got this week then, Matt? So we've got the Hero Cup. Um, which I'm quite excited about purely because it's one, it feels like the start of the golf season Two, it's, it's something slightly different, you know, like lots of people will complain, you know, it's, we, we ever see 72 old stroke play 72. So now we've got a bit of a, a bit of a match play event where, um, I think it's team, it's Great Britain and Ireland playing against continental Europe, which, Basically, I think is uh, as far as I'm aware, is kind of Luke Donald's idea to bring this back in his Ryder Cup captaincy year to look at some of the uh, maybe some of the outsiders, giving them a chance to play some team golf to integrate, find out how people are going to going to cope in a team scenario. Um, you know, it's it's it should be fun, it should be enjoyable. It's nice golf course, nice weather. Um, not sure what else you can ask for, really. It's uh, Nice way to start the year, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of a way that they've brought back the what was the Sevy Trophy, really. Right, yeah. You know? So, um, which you know, was obviously very, very um, popular with the players at the time. Uh, I know that there's been some some positive and negative feedback about this format. Personally, it's not it's not the sort of thing that I'm going to jump up and down excited about. But I do want to see the best players in Europe playing match play. I do want to see. Luke Donald taking a look at them and seeing which ones he thinks you know might get the pick uh, for the Ryder Cup. But um, yeah, for me, the week after in Abu Dhabi is is kind of for me where traditionally that's the season kicks off. Yeah, yeah. I also think do you know what? it's it's a good it's a good opportunity for some of the players that might you know might be on the radar of of Ryder Cup captain. Um, you know, I'm looking down the teams and you've got, you know, Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, I think I'd expect probably to be in the side. Yeah. Um, but then other than that, when you look through the players, you've got Robert McIntyre, Seamus Power, uh, Jordan Smith, uh, Sepp Stra- uh, Stracker, Thomas Peters, Alex Noren, who's played Ryder Cup before, Adrian Moronk, who's had a really good year last year. Uh, only one of the Hoy guards, Rasmus, Thomas Dietrich, uh, Ewan Ferguson. Lots of these players have, have won events on the European Tour, but maybe one or two of them might just have a little bit of an outside chance. 
it always happens that you get one player that will make a, a late dash for the for the side and kind of play him play himself in. You know, there's still still plenty of time to go. So, yes, I think it'll be it'll be interesting. And obviously, it's Tommy Fleetwood, captain, uh, Great Britain Ireland side against Molinari, Francesco Molinari, who's captain in the Continental European side. So. Um, and did did you happen to see? I know you're very active on your social media. Did you happen to see the video of him and his little boy? I, I did when he was uh, when he was hitting balls and his little boy had the um, was was commentating. I did yeah. see it. Very very funny and very cute as well. To be honest, yeah, yeah. It was it was really really good. Very well trained as well. Keeping <laughs> keep, keeping a child that that quiet when you're trying to swing a golf club is quite quite difficult. Absolutely, I'm sure none of well neither of my children would be that quiet. Definitely, and they certainly wouldn't have held the phone as steady as as Frankie did either. No. No, so yeah, so that's good. So yeah, I'm you know I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm there's there's players that I'm looking forward to seeing in this environment. Um, Matt Wallace, Richard Mansell, Ewan Ferguson, for example, those those guys I think have got you know yeah. good outside chances. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they how they how they get on. Absolutely, and this time of year as well, changing subject a little bit is is when we start to see new equipment from a lot of the manufacturers, isn't it? So we start. As the season kicks off, we'll see generally Abu Dhabi on the European Tour is when we see some of the European Tour guys getting hold of this equipment. Last week, we saw Callaway make a, a big splash with their uh, release of Paradigm. So huge media launch and kind of influencers and Callaway staffers and some unveilings going on over in Los Angeles last week. Did you uh, see any of that? Did you have a watch of any of the videos and stuff? And, and what do you make of Paradigm? Obviously, I've watched the Golf Shake review, Ryan, on the Golf Shake YouTube oh, channel. Clearly. Um, so, so what I would say is, uh, as, as, a, as an amateur golfer, it's quite an exciting time of the year when manufacturers release their new equipment. That said, many people will know I'm, I'm kind of a one-brand man. Um, I'm quite loyal to... To, to, to one brand in particular. Okay. Um, but I wanted to throw it back to you, right? So as a, as right. a professional in a pro shop, do you do you enjoy this time of year? Is it is it exciting? Do people want to test, come in and test the latest? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, generally, I, it's the time of year that people look forward to. Obviously, I'm pushing things massive as a retailer myself, pushing things massively. I, I want... I want members to come in, try the latest driver and irons, et cetera, and, you know, upgrade equipment. But um, it's, it's a busy time for us at Golf Shake as well because we're obviously doing, like you've alluded to, review after review of of new stuff that's coming out. There's embargoes lifting pretty much every day at the moment, and we'll get on a little bit late, later to some of those that are due, well, once today and the rest are, are towards the end of this week. But um, yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time for me being a complete golf equipment junkie as well. It, it's it's exciting to get these clubs in your hands, try them, and um, you know, and and get out there on the golf course and maybe even play with them as well. Which I've I've been lucky enough to do, obviously with um, with with having access to the clubs a little bit earlier than than some people do. I've actually played some rounds with some of the some of the. Uh, company's new equipment and things like that which which has been absolutely fantastic and being able to relay that to the members and kind of create a bit of hype and excitement here at the club is obviously good as well yeah that sounds good um so Callaway went Callaway went first I understand yeah I mean they they've made quite a big splash already in in the marketplace I think they were a bit late last year in launching wanted to be the first to market this year and 
certainly from all the stuff I saw from uh, LA last week where they had all of your uh, YouTubers, social media influencers, some of their um, athletes they look after, so some baseball players, basketball players, etc. that were there. NFL teams, I think that there's a few that they look after as well with with equipment. It just made a, a great spectacle. They had obviously Martin Borgmeyer, who won the World Long Drive Championship as well, who's in Paradigm and was hitting that and down at two degrees, Matt, if you can believe that, the driver that he was using on the range um, last week in Los Angeles and, yeah, getting some fantastic numbers with it. I mean, that it, there's always that question that gets asked, not not just by my members here at the club but the kind of feedback we get from the videos on the golf shape youtube channel is is it actually any better than last year's driver and we've actually had a video go on there today a callaway specific one that uh i've done a review of uh, the epic speed from two years ago uh, rogue st from last year and also the new paradigm so check that out if you want to the answer is are they massively better well no they're not because last year's driver was pretty damn good and Callaway make fantastic golf equipment so are you going to get a 20 yard gain on last year's driver no you're not but if you're using something that's a bit older than that you you may well do if you've never been fitted for anything in your life and this is the first time that you're ever going to get fitted and find a driver that's right for you then potentially the gains are there to be had absolutely but if you've got a driver that's working really nicely for you, you've pretty much maxed out what you can do with it. Is this year's model going to be that much better? Probably not, but it's worth trying. And we're all, well, particularly I am, and, and I'm, I, I know you are as well, Matt, in trying the new new equipment. We're all kind of magpies and we like shiny new stuff, don't we? Well, this is like what, what I don't understand is that I see, especially on social media, right, so many people get so triggered about new driver releases every year. And I think, firstly, right, no one's forcing you to go out and buy a new driver. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, as as you rightly say, some people just like having new things. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I would absolutely agree with you. Every, you know, I've been lucky enough to have the last three models of uh, the Cobra woods that they've bought out. Yeah. And, And people always say to me like, yeah, but is it any better than last year? Is it any better than last year? And there are certain things that I can point to that I like and maybe dislike about releases every year. But ultimately for me, it's, that's, you know, the guy that asked me that question, I looked down and he's got a driver shaft in his bag that's got a bit of, you know, electrical tape around it because he's got a, a, a nick in the driver shaft and he's got a crack in the head that he's put a bit of glue on. And I'm thinking, do you know what? You wouldn't necessarily need the latest equipment to get a benefit out of upgrading so it's yeah. like every everybody's different. Everybody's in a different position, you know. Yes, I like nice, shiny, new things. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. Golf is the only thing I really have, so I can kind of justify it. But like you say, if somebody's got a, a driver sitting in their bag that's five, eight, ten years old, I can almost guarantee that they're going to see a, 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 an increase in performance. I'm not oh, saying really, it happens, I mean, if, if you don't get but, fitted properly. I, I would be shocked myself and and think that I haven't done a very good job if if I couldn't beat what they'd already got absolutely yeah. inconsiderably as well to be honest. Yeah, I always worry. I always wondered as well. Does it does it happen in other sports? You know, like I I know you know my kids play football and they'll they'll show me new football boots every year, and yeah. I'm, I I would look at them and I think well, they're not going to make you kick them any kick the ball any harder. You're not going to be you know have better passing so what's the point of getting new but you know what that's what they want they like them it looks nice 
a, a bit of confidence, you know, a bit of swag. When they've got new boots, you've got a new drive in your bag, you pull the head cover off. You feel good as you walk into the first tee. Like, I don't get it, you know. If you're not happy that people want to upgrade or manufacturers bring it out, that's fine. But don't moan about it. Just, you know, it's, well, it's part uh, of uh, Absolutely. And, and what, what do we expect for manufacturers to go, do you know what, that last drive we bought out was awesome. We're not going to bother doing one this year. I mean, that's just not going to happen, is it? It's, of course it's not. You know, their, their businesses don't work like that. Of course it's not. You know, um, and, and I appreciate different manufacturers have a different, um, you know, rate of release, for example. I know, is it Titleist that maybe do one every two years? Yeah. And, and then people say, oh, well, that's great because they're only bringing out drives every two years. But do you know what? No one's expecting you to buy the latest driver every single year either. No, and I mean, statistically, um, you know, a, a club golfer will change driver once every two to three seasons and irons once every five to six seasons. So mm-hmm. we aren't expecting you to buy new stuff every year. Absolutely not. And certainly I wouldn't be doing that if, if it was me that was that was paying for, you know, a set of clubs all the time. I, I would be fairly happy with with stuff that I've got, you know. And and yes, five years down the line, your irons are going to be a bit tired if you're playing once or twice a week. So you probably need some new ones, don't you? But you know, we're not saying that you you absolutely need to. But I think you know the the message is get properly fitted, make sure the equipment that you've got suits you, and and just kind of keep a check on it, really. Yeah, and look after it. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So moving on from Paradigm then. So today we're going to see the media embargo lift for your favourite company. That's Cobra Puma Golf, okay? Yeah. So you were lucky enough to go out to their media launch. It's not a secret now. This new product line is called Aerojet. We have done a review of it on the Golf Shake YouTube channel, which you can check out. So I've been lucky enough to have all three models of the Aerojet driver to try which, like I say, should be live now, so you can have a bit of a look at that. But, Matt, you tell us a little bit about, because you've hit pretty much the entire product range when you were out there in Spain. So tell us first about the experience. So what what was it like being looked after by Cobra Puma for that few days that you went out? So I'm glad that you asked me that question, because it's the first time that I'd ever been on a specific media event. Um, you know, so for me, there was, you know, lots of other people there from the golf industry that I know of, um, you know, through different YouTube channels, through different podcasts, that sort of thing. And, you know, let's be honest, other golf websites, other, you know, uh, media outlets, if you like. Um, and actually what, what was quite interesting is that how, firstly, how everybody actually gets along quite well is not like a, you know, this, this war between one website and another, which, which is quite, it's, it's, it's strange, but it's quite nice at the same time. Um, you know, so in terms of how you get looked after, it's obviously, as you would expect, you get looked after quite well. You get, you know, you basically you drive, you drive yourself to the airport. Once you're at the airport, you jump on a plane, you get picked up the other side. Um, I was with a couple of other people, one from today's golfer, one from Woman and Golfer um, on the same flight. So we then got in the same transfer. We were at La Finca. Um, right, okay. Over in Spain, which, yeah. Over in Spain, which is not too far from Alicante Airport. Yep. Um, <clears throat> lovely part of the world to play golf in because you've got the climate, you've got the good courses. Um, and look, so it was a three day event. And the, obviously, Monday, the, the first day was almost like a travel day. Get there, um, you can kind of chill out to yourself for a little while. Some people were cashing up with work. I actually just sat and dipped my feet in the swimming pool, which was quite nice for an hour or so. Um, I ended up going to the range, hitting balls, uh, 
And then there was a bit of a welcome evening where we kind of got introduced to what we can expect over the, the first, um, sorry, over the, over the three days or two days that was left. Um, the second day was basically sitting in a, not, not in a, in a classroom, but sitting in a, in a hall, um, being shown the equipment, the presentations, some of the marketing videos, um, you know, some of the driver heads were handed around so you could physically have a look. Um, <clears throat> And that and was they quite interesting. The, they had some of the club designers over from the US, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So there was some... so, um, so in our video, you were kind enough to get a, a little kind of snippet for us to use from Jose. Uh, so yeah. Those of you that don't know, Jose Miraflor is the um, basically the vice president of marketing for Cobra Puma Golf and based over in California. And yeah, I've met him on a couple of occasions. He's been on the YouTube channel before. And we've done some video conference calls on various different Cobra Puma releases as well. And he's he's good value, isn't he? He's, he's absolutely brilliant, really nice guy. But God, does he know his stuff? Well, that's what I was going to say. He's extremely knowledgeable. Um, and and also, what you know, what was shown is the passion that he has for the product. Um, and that was uh, that that was good to see. Like you generally got the impression that he wasn't just trying to blag you because that was his job. Like he he generally cares about it. Well, absolutely, and and to think that it, it must be difficult to do that because to him he's probably already worked on next year's and the year after's product as well. Do you know what I mean? So he he knows what's coming in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five probably. So it, it's one of those where he's almost having to revisit old ground if yeah. as such, even though it's new to all of us. Definitely. Then we had um, so we was also lucky enough to have you uh, and Ferguson in attendance as oh, well. Brilliant. Um, and there was a little Q and answer session, uh, Q and A session with you and Ferguson, and then we got to watch him hit some hit some shots on the range with with his new uh, with the new Aerojet equipment, which um, by his own admission hadn't been fully dialed in for him yet. Because what was quite eye-opening is the process that those guys go through is a lot more a lot more in depth. Um, so I'm, I believe he actually went over to America and had uh, a, a few days with the guys over there, just really uh, fine tuning um, the equipment setup that he wants. Uh, then we had so obviously then we we got the chance to you know physically hit not just the woods but um, you know the, the the whole range, um, and you'll see over the next few weeks, Cobra specifically. Um, you know, there might be some more products coming. I can't give too much away, but it was nice to have that sneak peek and, and hit some hit some in the new range for this year. Um, yeah, I mean, so far I, I've had the drivers and I've got one of the models of Fairway Wood and, and not, not had the irons yet. And I think I've got one of the new utility irons, the two iron. They're, they're the clubs I've got at the moment. So, I you know, I'm also looking forward to, to trying the new iron. Yeah. Cobra is a brand I stock here at the golf club myself and have done really, really well with it over the last, what, seven years that I've been the pro here. I've had Cobra in the entire time and, and, and done really, really nicely. And it's easy to fit. The distance gains generally the people get with irons are massive. They're easy to hit. They look great. Um, and, and to be honest, in terms of price point, they're a little bit lower than some of the others out there as well. Yeah, I think that was something that Cobra did with the F9, if I remember rightly, the first kind of yellow one that they bought out. Yeah. Where it was like banging at like three hundred and fifty quid or something, and and it and it really kind of picked up a picked up a bit of momentum. But the the new stuff is great. Um, it looks good. Um, you know, sounds good, feels good. It's nice to hear. Oh, 
what's what's really impressed me the last two or three years with Cobra has been the fairway woods. I've actually found. Um, I mean, I'm currently got the the LTDX three wood, for example, and yep. when I hit that, when if I'm if I'm swinging it well, when I'm hitting that club, I almost feel like I'm cheating with it because it is that good. It goes. You know, I get really good distance, really good forgiveness. It sounds great. It's almost like I can't miss with the golf club. Um, but I'll tell you a story. So you, you say about um, Jose, who, who was over from America. He was basically, as you're testing the equipment, right, it's almost like a glorified demo day where, you know, if anyone's a member of a golf club or has been to a demo day, they might have a, like a little pop-up gazebo. You know, there'll be a guy there and you'll have a slot and you'll go in and you'll hit some balls for 10, 15 minutes and, um, you know, see what you like, and you know, but it, same theory. It's like it's almost like half of the driving range that's at Lafinca was just taken up by Cobra. So, in different bays, you've got different golf clubs to hit. So, a few you had the new irons, then you've got a different set of irons, then you go down, you've got the three irons, the hybrids, the drivers, the woods at the end. And so, while I was standing, I was hitting, I was. I was actually hitting uh, some fairway woods and I was hitting them off the off the deck on the driving range. Obviously, it's grass bathed, right? So it's it's just so good. And Jose had come walking up behind me and I'm going to try and do my best American accent, but don't shoot me if it's oh, poor. But I was hitting these three woods and uh, Jose, oh my God, Matt. Oh my God, the ball flight on that driver is fantastic. And I said, Jose, that's a free wood. Oh my God, Matt, that's a free wood? You're not hitting the driver? And I was like, no, honestly, it's a free wood. And I showed him the head and he couldn't believe how well the free wood was coming off the face. Do you know how much it cost me to get Jose to do that to you? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you couldn't, you couldn't make it up. It made me feel good for a couple of days anyway. <laughs> um, no, it's great. And, and certainly, you know, the media events I've been lucky enough to go to, it, it's been very similar, um, albeit not in quite such a nice, warm environment. But, um, but yeah, it, it's great to test the new product, speak to the people who've been instrumental in designing it, as well as mar- marketing it as well. But um, and and like you say, some of the tour staff being there and, and showing you how they're getting on with the product is is brilliant as well. Did did you get to try it on any form of like launch monitor against your own stuff or or not? Yeah. So so what what I would say is myself personally, I I'd, obviously I had my own my own equipment with me um, and they were doing some fittings with the track man. Um, well, I, I, I was at, I was actually struggling with the fitting of the driver, not because there was anything wrong with the equipment or, uh, you know, or the way that I was hitting it per se. It was, I'd already hit loads of shots with the irons, the fairways, the hybrids. It was quite warm. By the time I got to hitting the driver, I actually felt quite tired. Um, the, the sweat was almost pouring off my nose. Um, as I looked down at the ball, um, and I just I, at, at that point my swing speed was down by about ten to twelve mile an hour, what I would normally expect to see. You know, your gloves wet and it's sweating. It just for me, it wasn't the right environment to to kind of get a proper fitting on the driver. Yeah. Um, you know, in a short space of time, it's it's lovely to hit balls in that in that type of environment, but um, you know, in terms of uh, a physical fitting, you know, I'm looking forward to going at some point if I'm lucky enough to to have a, a proper session where it's just, you know, I can put the drivers against each other and maybe got a few more shaft options. And You'll have to come up here, Matt. I should yeah, have I could, yeah. I could, I could venture up. Um, you know, but, but I think you need, you know, one, you want to be swinging well. Two, you want to have as much options available to you in terms of equipment. But three, 
in that in that scenario, right, you've got a queue of people that are also waiting to have a go. Um, and and for me personally, right, so obviously that's not my job, right? So people that have gone there to do that, that's their job. They do that all the time this time of year. Yeah. But for me as a golfer, I wanted to to be in that bay for forty minutes an hour. Um, <laughs> you know, trying every every kind of different you know um, different setup option there was. All three all three different heads in the range. And because of the because of the setup and because of the way the day was working, that, that wasn't wasn't an option for me. Um, but that's that's just my own personal find. You know, I was I was there in your place in theory. Um, so yeah, so that was the only that was the only downside for it for me was you know I wanted just to hit it more. Were you able to take any out on the golf course at Lafinca when you were there? Yeah, so uh, so we didn't physically take it, but on the third day, the Wednesday in the morning, we played um, in a like a just like a little team event where um, on certain holes they had some of the drivers to hit longest drives. So we had two holes longest drives um, where you was hitting the new equipment, and then on the par threes there was also um, nearest the pins where you had to use some of the irons that are going to be in the range this year. Um, which is nice, nice to be able to do it. It's, uh, I can't give too much away about. What, yeah, I mean, what, I, mean, I, d- I don't think you know, it's it's not a secret. We've seen it online. I mean, we can't really say yeah. what it's called, but what we there's are a new forge lineup that um, that Cobra have got, but also they've got Aerojet Iron to, to yeah. sort of go with the the family, yes, if you like, of of uh, metal woods and hybrids as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm guessing you're referring to the forged ones that, yeah. They're probably going to look fairly, fairly lovely. They they look good. They they play well. Um, I was so so impressed with them. Um, yeah, I can't wait to have another go. To be honest, no. I mean, I've, I've only seen pictures myself. I can't wait to to get them here to have a bit of a, a test and a play with upstairs in the uh, performance center here. But but yeah, I mean, th- this year I think will be another good one for for Cobra. That they, they always do really well and and kind of more than stack up against any of the. The more expensive brands, if you like, you know, you you sort of Callaways, Titlists, Tailor Maids of of this world that seem to be um, putting product out at astronomically high prices at the moment. The Cobra stuff always falls under that and performs just as well. So it's definitely something you should be considering if you're looking at some new equipment in 2023. So moving on from that, we've obviously got new releases coming as well um, this week from Tailor Made and also from Ping. I think the media embargoes both lift tomorrow on their new club ranges we obviously can't talk about them in the minute but we will do next week when we get into the kind of gear and equipment section of the podcast but finally today we're going to talk a little bit about golf breaks okay and and getting away and playing some golf in some nice weather at this time of year because as we alluded to at the start the weather's not the nicest in the UK at the moment and those of you that really like to play golf and, and maybe like like me to play in some nice weather with potentially a polo shirt rather than five layers and a waterproof jacket on, you may be looking at your next break, whether it's Europe or further afield than that. But I thought it was a good opportunity to talk to Matt a little bit more about the resort at La Finca that he visited, obviously on the the Cobra press trip that we've just been talking about. But Matt, tell us a little bit more about La Finca. For those of you that don't know, it's toward, I guess you threw, flew into Alicante and, and kind of travelled there. What is it, about 35, 40 minutes from the airport? 
Yeah, I think it took about that. It's not it's not that far at all. Um, I mean, one one thing I would say about that that part of the world in particular, right? Firstly, your flight to Alicante is about a couple of hours. Um, yeah, that's from Stansted, by the way. Okay. Um, you know, so you're not you're not talking a million miles away. You're not talking like you know you're losing um, half a day for traveling, or you know you're jumping two or three time zones. Um, I reckon that you could probably put 20 people that have been to that part of the world to play golf in a room and each one of them will tell you about a different result that's absolutely fantastic. The golf course is great. Um, you know, so the options available, I mean, the best thing to do is jump on golf breaks and just, you know, have, have a look at some of the options available in different areas, whether it's Spain or Portugal, whatever. But um, in terms of La Finca itself, uh, I mean, it's, I would say it's, it's situated on one of these typical kind of like Spanish uh, urbanizations, if you like, where um, you've got, you know, kind of properties all around the golf course. Um, you've got, uh, you know, not not much in terms of um, kind of, I would say, civilization around it. You feel like you're kind of stuck in the middle of in the middle of nowhere, but you're not really. Okay. Um, so it's more just like holiday kind of villas and stuff like that that are around the course, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, a, a lot of them, a lot of them looked empty. There was half built, you know, some that were half built, and I think that's, okay. I think that's pretty, pretty commonplace. Yeah, um, so it's kind of a developing resort as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like in terms of in terms of scope for you know future, somebody actually showed me a picture of the first tee, which is like a a par five off a raised tee, where they'd been, I think, fifteen years ago. And you know you see that comparison of the uh, of the desert on the PGA Tour. What's yeah, the, uh, you know it, it was uh, sorry, or in in Dubai it was it, it was like that where it was like almost you're looking at two different places, but you can tell that it's not because the whole layout is 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 the first hole. Um, but in terms of the resort itself, right? So you've got a nice bar. The breakfast was fantastic. The food was good. Particularly someone enough- like yourself who's quite picky about food as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> The breakfast, <laughs> the breakfast is the breakfast itself is is uh, was was the best by far for me, um, you know. But the rooms are spacious and clean. Um, you know, you're not too far away from everything. The swimming pool's lovely. You've got was it a hotel you were in, Matt, or was it more like uh, like accommodation blocks and stuff like that? No, or? no, no. It was uh, this is this is a hotel. Okay. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head how many rooms they've got, um, but it's you know like. If if you wanted to just you know get eight mates together and just go away and you know yeah. if you're if you're happy to you know you could either stay on site and you could play the same course every day or you could use that as a base and travel to different courses. Um, I do think they've got a partnership with another course locally where you can get preferential rates. Um, but you know the golf course is great. It's nice, uh, nice mixture of holes. There was one that's got a this funky square green, I think, um, I can't remember what hole it was, but it's kind of like a dog leg from left to right. And then you play into this square green, which is, um, you know, fairly unusual. Some of the views are fantastic. It's, you know, it's got everything that you really could, could need. Is it a fairly Um, nice and kind of open resorty sort of course for golfers of all abilities to play, or is it quite typically Spanish and fairly tight in places with lots of trees and stuff? Oh, you asking me if I found fairways? Is that is that what you're asking? Well, it, well <laughs> there's more chance if it's a bit more wide open. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so, so it's it's it is forgiving. Um, it's forgiving because I think it needs to be those type types of courses. In my experience, 
um, you know, they, they want to keep the pace of play up because quite yeah. often the courses are quite busy. So you do you do want to forgive. And it's challenging in places. There was one par, uh, par four where um, yeah, it was like a 235, 240-yard carry over water like you see at, um, uh, is it Bay Hill? Yeah. Yeah, similar to that, but obviously we're not talking Bryce and it in at 400 yards. We're talking Holbrook hitting it 240 yards. Um, you know, so it's got... it's got three wood though, yeah? Uh, yeah, with a three wood. <laughs> um, it was quite early, to be fair. Um, yeah, you know, and so it's, it's it's got everything. You know, the big greens, um, you know, some of the greens complexes were really, really big and undulating. Um, you know, some of the bunkers are, are, are massive and you know, going to be going to be tough to get out of. But in terms of a setting and a layout, it was great. It was great condition. You can't fault the, um, you know, you, you can't fault anything about it. Um, and yeah, and then there's a lovely, lovely clubhouse that kind of sits on top of a hill where you can sit and have some food or drink afterwards. And you have this really nice panoramic view looking over, um, you know, much of the golf course, but in particular the ninth, 18th and first holes. Um yeah, practice facilities there. There's a nice driving range. Yeah, you said about using the range with Cobra. Yeah, so it must be a fairly big one to, to fit all that on. Yeah, so there, there's actually, there was almost two parts to it. There was like a grass bit at the bottom and then there was a, like a matted range at the top. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's big enough. It's the sort of place that, you know, someone like yourself could go and spend a week and do, you know, tuition, for example, with, with yeah. members. I know a lot of pros do that now. And then, you know, you could almost do a morning's morning's worth of coaching, have some lunch and go out and play every afternoon for, you know, for, for five days. It would it would work an absolute treat. You've got, you know, really nice chipping and, and putting green. And, you know, it's just that nice quality grass and, and condition, you know, it's, it's yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, and it's so accessible. Like you say, it's very close to the UK, a couple of hours flight away, and you're there in a much nicer climate in what sounds like a fantastic golf resort. And yeah, not not playing in the 20 layers that we are at the moment here in the UK. And yeah, like you've alluded to as well, golf breaks have some fantastic um, deals really going to various golf resorts around Europe, but also all over the world. They're also celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. So head over to golfbreaks.com, have a bit of a look at some of the offers that they've got on there. And, you know, if you're wanting to escape this horrible winter weather in the UK, what better place to look than golfbreaks.com? So, yeah, I mean, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast for today then, Matt. So we've talked a little bit about what's gone on in the world of golf, what we're looking forward to in the coming weeks, some of the equipment, and also your recent kind of trip over to La Finca so I guess what's left to say is next week we're hoping to have Golf Shake's very own and the home of golf's very own Kieran Clark join us on the podcast who is you know quite the golf historian statistician avid St Johnston fan and is the digital editor for uh, golfshake.com if you've got any questions for us about what we've spoken about during the last 40 minutes or so you can send them over to help at golfshake.com which is the email address that we use through the website but we've also got uh, twitter at golfshake and instagram's golfshake as well as facebook as well so you can contact us in all the usual places so matt thanks for your time today thanks for spending a bit of time talking through all of the different things that are going on in the world of golf and we hope to see you all or speak to you all next week